Dr. Uh, Marianne, she just is amazing and um, just such a support. And the work that she's doing in Step by Step um, is just been amazing because there's so much sacrifice in this work. There's so much that has been poured into this work. There's so much, um, you know, intent that has been put in to make sure that something can be delivered at a quality level for all of our kids and communities near and far. So I just don't want to, you know, negate the opportunity to be able to um, edify her and the work that she does. The same person you see in these 15 minutes that is passionate about the program is the same person who assesses the kids, tutors, teaches teaches tutors, teachers, teachers, just all that's the same person, right? It's the same love and, and, and passion. And the thing that you mentioned at the beginning that you empower um, and, and encourage, I think is so powerful because I think it speaks to who you are as a person and that that's the part that people should connect to. And that's the part that people should realize needs the sponsoring and the support to continue this work in the world. So continue to do an amazing job. I um, stand for you and I just, you know, support you as much as, you know, as we can. Hi, thanks for tuning in to our Dyslexia Solutions podcast. I'm Dr. Marianne Sintron, founder of Step-by-Step Dyslexia Solutions. So I bring peace to parents by helping their dyslexic children read so that we can build their self-esteem, help them unlock their genius minds, and allow them to achieve success in school and in life. So the reason for this podcast is to interview parents of dyslexic children and we interview dyslexic adults, and I also talk from my heart. And the reason this podcast is important is we want to raise awareness of what dyslexia is so that you have knowledge, because knowledge is power. And we want to let you know that you're not alone in your situation. So thanks again for tuning in, and here we go with our special guest for the day. The guest I have today is Matthew Head, and he's from England. And he is the designer of what's called Life Life Hacks, and he's going to tell you about that. And what really intrigues me is as I'm learning about the four areas where dyslexic people excel, one is in architecture, one's in engineering, one's in the arts, and one's as an entrepreneur. So Matthew excels in the engineering field, and I thought, you would really enjoy hearing from him. So greet Matthew with me as we invite you, Matthew, to come to the stage here. Thank you very much for having me. Hi, Matthew. Would you tell uh, the audience a little bit about you before we start asking you questions? Yeah, sure. I'm what am I now? 36 years old. I have spent a long time doing a long route to becoming what I am now, which is a senior design engineer. I work for a small company in the UK that design high-performance cars. Um, some brands they work with are like Lotus, Aston Martin, Lamborghini, and people of that ilk. So I do quite a lot of work with very expensive million-pound cars that I get to design bits for, which is kind of fun when you watch them go around racetracks. <laughs> That's very exciting. 
Um, now, is it true you started as an auto mechanic? I did, yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I um, as I say going to school in the 90s, got picked up with dyslexia at about six years old. So I've been sort of stamping with dyslexia since I can remember, to be honest. And by the time I got round to the end of my schooling and I went to the UK, we call it college, but it, I guess it'd be high school in the States. Um, <laughs> I was completely done with it by then. A lot of emotional baggage about what being dyslexic was like, done with education. I'd done enough to become a mechanic. So there I was in a pair of ovals and I worked on lorries for most of my early 20s. And it was only by the time I got to my mid-twenties that I kind of thought, I want to do more than this. Like, I've got people working sort of with me and apprentices I'm training and I'm telling them how the engine works and I can visualise how you go around it and explain everything that's going on. So I started looking for jobs that would pique my interest more than sort of change oil and all that kind of stuff. Um, I realised there's all these jobs out there that are great, but they want you to have an engineering degree. <laughs> so... I ended up quitting work and going to university to study a master's degree in mechanical and electrical engineering, um, which, yeah, um, being a person who thought, A, they're a bit silly, B, can't spell. Here I am with the academics, yeah. <laughs> all the smart people uh, sat in their room in a classroom wondering why I'd made such a big mistake. So <laughs> I spent the first kind of six months of university learning how to learn again and then spent the next four years proving myself wrong in terms of, yes, I can do it. And here I am now, now in rather than fixing the lorries and cars, I actually design the parts for these cars and quite high end cars at that. Well, you're the envy of a lot of people out there. Um, <laughs> especially I know my son loves cars and my son-in-law loves cars and we're familiar with Haas, the Haas raceway. <laughs> yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's really interesting. What helped you get through college? How did you figure it out? Uh, do you know, I, I, so I would have left my schooling in the sort of like 2003, so early 2000s. And then when I decided to go back to university, you have to, I sort of ticked the box on one of the forms that said I was dyslexic. And you have to then have an educational psychologist assessment. Oh, you which, did? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd already had one as a six-year-old, but I don't remember it. Because then as a 25-year-old, you suddenly hit this thing. And, oh. and then they arm you with a laptop with like a dragon naturally speaking and all that kind of software in. It's just a, it surprised me the change in understanding. It went from being a very paperwork thing like I didn't. As I've gone through my university career and into my 30s and now like um, six years post-university, I now almost enjoy writing and keeping notes and I realise the importance of it and kind of now read for pleasure. I've discovered extra dyslexia programmes in terms of helping that out and suiting the way my brain learns. But yeah, actually having all the extra support and as you quite rightly said in your interview, being a STEM subject as an engineering, you suddenly realise that there's all these dyslexic people surrounded with you and you're like, oh, well, they're like 17 and they get on with it and they have scribed an exam where I had a, you know, a lot of emotional baggage with sort of almost hiding the fact I was dyslexic. You know, yeah. the, the, the sort of me before 25 would have never dreamt that me at 36 would be on podcasts that go around the world talking to people about being dyslexic either you know why are your text messages rubbish you know so there's a lot of 
Uh, it's a hack I need to get on the website is letting go of self-limiting belief, believing things about yourself that aren't true. And then when you start proving and testing them, they fall apart. And then it opens doorways to other things. I think that's beautiful. Um, gosh, so many thoughts come to my mind when mm. I think about that. When I learned about 40% of self-made millionaires are dyslexic. Yep. 35% in the United States of the entrepreneurs are dyslexic. And, you know, what really touches my heart is I believe the, um, the dyslexic genius is hidden um, because of low self-esteem. Yes. And they, yes. You know, the kids don't, maybe someone doesn't know how to pull it out of them. And if they're not getting that reading intervention, they're moving from one low reading group to the lower reading group, to the lowest reading group. And uh, yeah, feeling I like, remember, like, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember really being, bad. yeah, I remember being at school and being in one of the top sets of my science and doing really well in on the class test, being one or two, me and this girl, I can never remember her name now, we used to swap between who got the highest score and then going straight into the lowest set of English where you either had the people like myself who struggled with it or people who just weren't interested in schooling. <laughs> and it's this really weird juxtaposition, which does give you a load of self-esteem issues. And I, yeah, I meant the, the gift of dyslexia and the power of it, and particularly being a designer, being able to visualize how things are supposed to work before you've even got them into a computer it really helps. Well, and I've heard dyslexic people say that they think their dyslexia is a superpower. Yes. So I have, I just created a T-shirt and I said, dyslexia is a trait of genius. I, I, <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> you know, I think more people will acknowledge that they have it when they realize it is a, a special giftedness. And if your genius has been unlocked and it's exposed, that you can share your victory with people now instead of being embarrassed by it. Yes, uh, I completely agree. And it's yeah, you know, <laughs> rather than being, I suppose, neurotypical, you, you kind of have, you're uprated in certain areas and maybe downrated and it all balances out because everything does in the world. But actually, once you stumble on the places that you're really, really good at, you are really off with it. And it really surprised me. And actually, then having other programs like the program you run, helping you bring up the areas that you thought you were weak at, but actually... I've discovered it's the school system. They teach in one way and you're just outside of that box. So it's not actually that you can't learn English language. You've just never been given the right tools to learn it. You know. Well, and one of the things I share is that dyslexic kids are not meant to fit in. They're meant to stand out. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and I share how I've heard others teach this and I've done the research on it. And it's true that we were created to learn apprentice style you know, modeling mm -hmm. and hands-on. And with the Industrial Revolution came the printing press. And suddenly yeah. we lost that 20% of our population who were dyslexic because now the standard was, can you read or not? And it wasn't just, I mean, God created our brains and dyslexic brains are just, you know, designers. And I think of Albert Einstein, Henry Ford, Leonardo da Vinci, all these creative designers and they're not going to let the printing press limit their creativity. So no. I just, I, I have a whole new way of looking at this now. Um, last year I was uh, developing my reading program and we have the music app and I'm reaching the schools and the administrators. But now I want to come to parents because I know that when their kids can read, 
their homes can be peaceful. And I even had a, I had yeah. a grandparent tell me that he was, as he was raising his granddaughter because the mom was in prison, that their home used to be a battlefield. And now that she was making three-year gains in only 30 sessions of our intervention, he said she gets along with the family, she's doing her schoolwork, and she enjoys learning. So isn't that so important that, that we help kids not only read good, read well, write good paragraphs, but move to the front of their class in reading and enjoy learning, enjoy school. I completely agree. And, you know, like the same as work, isn't it? You spend more time at work or at school than you do with your family in terms if you delete the hours that you're asleep. <laughs> so the waking right. hours, 40 hours a week, that's quite a lot of time in one place. And if you're like myself at school, feeling quite low about it then depending on what type of personality the child is it, it can bring out the rebellious side or in my case it's kind of <sighs> okay were you a kid Just, that got in trouble a lot not really no no I was sort of fairly middle of the road I suppose it just kind of I used to work hard and I realize now in hindsight that as much as it was not fun back then it, it has instilled a sort of level of grit I think there's that it, as an adult it's turned into drive grit and determination as a kid it was I was kind of a bit nervous and timid um, and there's still a few things now if I do something that I'm not that great at that kind of old habit sneaks in occasionally but once you find things you are at it, it's that sort of drive that just keeps pushing you relentlessly forwards and you know, well and we all up. need a little bit of that grit also right I went back into education after raising my kids and yes. I was one of those teachers that never got tenure because I got my credentials and master's fast. And I thought that would help me be a better teacher all along. As it mm. was, I was on the higher end of the pay scale. So <laughs> I, you know, I never got that tenure. But as God put me in a role to be an entrepreneur, I was remembering my mom saying an entrepreneur is an unemployed person. <laughs> so it had a, a negative connotation because my yes, dad was yeah, an entrepreneur. Yeah always right. losing his jobs as he was sick with diabetes. But I realized I'm really an entrepreneur. I love talking to people. I love creating. And it's neat that it's linked to education. And I really have a passion to help kids who can't read, help the mm. dyslexic kids. You want to talk about your um, the life hacks? Yes, yes. So uh, it's kind of I, – I got made redundant last year i was designing motorcycles for triumph and in the sort of few months between the two jobs uh i did one of the things i've had on my to-do list for a very long time and that was uh being working in the stem industry and having a lot of dyslexic people you bump into each other and swap kind of notes so to speak yeah cool so i've created a website called dyslexia life hacks which is at dyslexialifehacks.com and it's currently got 21 hacks on it um and it's just little tips and tricks in terms of ways to get around some of the sort of should we say the downside of being dyslexic so one example one of my favorite hacks is i've got one called hey google um so if you ever got to that point where you're right you're trying to spell a word and you just can't get it right and the spell checker puts the red lines underneath it and you use the synonym checker and all that kind of stuff and you just can't get it in so say the example i've got on the website is using the word rises and you try multiple ways can't get it to work She's like, okay, well, I know there's a movie called The Dark Knight Rises. If I write The Dark Knight, then my misspelling of Rises, Google will bring up the movie 
and then I can copy and paste the word rises into my text. So that's one example of hacks. And it's also a good excuse to look for Batman at work. You know? <laughs> um, Super. Yeah. And that's one of the things is just, I, I said to one of my friends once when they were doing it and they're like, I didn't know you could, that's really clever. I didn't know you could do that. And there's one like uh, Microsoft Word synonym checker, you know, where you right click and it says synonym. So, you know, if you put the right homophone in like there, that damn it, that one doesn't work. Oh, I know, no, it's right. But if you're completely unaware that this thing even exists on Word, you, it's a tool that is there on kit when you're writing an email that you're just not using. So the website is full of little hacks like that, links to blog posts about sort of book reviews that I've done, or, or there's um, one about upgrading Word spell checker if you're writing a CV. It was a blog post I found, and it just really, I'm hoping it will grow into a signpost so people can come in. The hacks are short and sweet because one thing I found when I was researching the website was some websites would put stuff about dyslexia help and it's this big, huge block of text. Well, <laughs> being a dyslexic person, I'm like, well, I don't want to read that. So yes. it's that. And there is opportunity for you to submit your own hacks, to, which will be to myself because I'm the only person running the website. So I'm hoping it will eventually grow into a bit more of a community share thing and we can just signpost lots of hacks on it, little places and points to little signposts that people can find out just for little things that they can help day to day with. work for them. And, you know, I do the same thing. If I just don't spell a word a lot of times, I'm not sure if it's correct spelling. I'll try to think of a movie that has it, has that word in it and it'll tell you how to spell it. So even people who don't have dyslexia can use that trick. I met, so I met Matthew through, I believe it was my dyslexia solutions group Mm, on Facebook. And he always wanted to post all this real interesting stuff. And I love it because he's not just, selling a product he's selling idea or he's just posting ideas to let people know how they can be successful and i just really admired that so i'm glad you're my new friend on facebook <laughs> that's okay would, yeah, be, would you we're going to wrap it up or there's some what final words that you share with the audience before we go and final they- words sorry say again and let them know how they can reach you again okay so uh you know um i think final words is Remember, if you're a dyslexic person, that if you are struggling, you just haven't quite found the right way to teach yourself, particularly the English language. And have a look at all the famous dyslexic people. It actually is a superpower once you tap into the right buttons. You've just got to put the right cheat code in if you're into gaming, and then you're (laughs) well away and sometimes even ahead of your peers. And remember, that will eventually happen. And there's loads of people like myself who can prove that that does happen. Uh, and then, yeah, where you can find me, if you go onto my website, dyslexialifehacks.com, all the information and click contact if you want to drop an email or have a look through the website hacks. There's quite a lot of links in there and lots of content to have a look at. And because you have a slight accent, I'm just going to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> it's dyslexialifehacks.com. Yes, that's it. Yep. Okay, Matthew, it's been wonderful um, having you on. And we'll have to have you on at a later time for a little bit more information. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Yeah, I want to thank the audience for being with us. And if what we have shared has inspired you, please visit our website at dyslexia-solutions.com and consider joining us. Uh, Make a donation if you'd like. And we'd like you to follow me on Instagram at Marianne Sintron with Marianne Sintron. Okay, thank you very much. Thank and we'll you. talk to you later, Matthew. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
for listening to this podcast in its entirety. If what we shared today has inspired you, would you please visit our website, dyslexia-solutions.com, and consider making a donation so that we can keep these podcasts going. Also, please subscribe to our channel and find me on, on Instagram, Marianne Sintron. Thank you again for tuning in, and may God bless you.